I'm going to start with a question and ask you, why the cross? Now, for us, we don't think of that because we've seen it so much that it just makes sense. Jesus died on the cross, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And we, we say that, we repeat it, it's become part of our thinking. It is normal for us. And it's become so normal that that cross is the symbol worldwide for Christianity. It represents our salvation. It represents the blood of Jesus Christ and where he gave and, and, and shed his blood for us. It represents the love of God and worldwide. We, we, we've gotten to the point now, to be honest, that we, we, we throw it out there all the time. Have you guys noticed how much we use the cross? And you, you go into a church and you're, you're going to encounter the cross. You go into most people's purses right now, you're going to find a keychain, usually of Christians, and they'll throw a, a, a symbol of the cross. You wear a t-shirt, you're going to find that Christians walk around with t-shirts, the cross. Bumper stickers on somebody's car or a church sign or logo. You can go inside some people's homes. They deck out their, their walls and their house and decor. And, and, and me and Jen had uh, this one picture in our house that said, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Smack in the middle of that, you've got the cross. We're around that all the time, and we sit there and we say, man, thank God for the cross. Thank you for what he's done. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for all that. Let me take you back a little bit about that. We know where our sins had to be paid for, but let me answer the question, why the cross? Say, so, well, today, oh, I think Jesus died on the cross. I know, but why did he choose the cross? Out of all the ways that he could have died. If you go back and just study history a little bit, think about it. God told Abraham to, to sacrifice his son upon a what? An altar. And, and that was part of their their custom that was normal. So they brought him up and passed, or was going to take his son's life. And the Lord said, stop. And he had a replacement there. And it was very symbolic. But that was, was not a cross. Then I, then I could take you later to where uh, the, the, the priests and all of them. And they would bring in the sacrificial lamb that we know Jesus was the lamb of God. And they would bring them in. And they would put them upon that altar. And they would burn the incense. And they would do all the ceremonial stuff around it. But once again, it was not a cross. Let me take you to the New Testament. What about the stoning of Stephen as he was proclaiming the word of God and, and they would lay him out there. When somebody went against the law, they would pick up stones and they would stone him. Once again, it was not a cross. Why did Jesus choose the cross? And by the way, he did choose it. It wasn't a matter of, well, he didn't have a choice. No, he had a choice. I can take you back to that scene and they were practicing it yesterday afternoon as the crowd shouted and cried out and says, crucify him, crucify him, out of their anger and hatred, out of their flesh. But it was God's chosen thing. They, the God foreordained all of that to happen, to be crucified upon the tree. The odd thing is, is the cross was not even a Jewish form of capital punishment. It was a Roman form of capital punishment. This is one of the reasons that the Jews rejected Jesus so much, because he was died upon a cross. And I know it's because he didn't come as that conquering king, and they were expecting this ruler to show up and set his kingdom up, and they were to follow him. When he came as a servant, born in a manger, raised up to be a friend of Sadducees and sinners and all of them, and they were like, you are not the king we wanted. Then he went to the cross. Did you know even among the Romans, if you were going to be crucified or whatever, it was only meant for the, like, the sick of sinners and the, the worst of the worst. If anybody had any clout or any reputation, they would not nail them upon a cross. 
it, that was twofold. That, that was for the ones that were on death row and that kind of thing. It wasn't that because of how gruesome it was. Only the lowlifes would do that. And that's why the Jews came back and said, wait, wait a minute, no, no. If, if he was the son of God, he would not be put on a cross like a lowlife thief. No, I reject it. I will, I will not say that that was my God. It was a displayed way of punishment. Have you ever noticed when someone is convicted of a crime today and that they're walking out of the courthouse and they have the cameras all over them and stuff? What's the first thing they do? They do one of these. They all the way through. They lift up. They hide a piece of paper in there. The reason is shame. I don't want my picture all over the news. I don't want my mom and dad have to drop their head as it's being broadcast across the country in the front newspaper. They're waiting for that shot so they, they, they cover their face. They get in the cop car and they'll drop their heads. I don't want to be seen. And so, you know, they said, you know what we'll do with the cross? You'll be seen all right. I'll tell you what. It's the only form of punishment. You are not just left. And I'm not trying to be gruesome, but just for the reality. This is what we're truly talking about. It's okay to preach the Bible because it is God's word. Sit there and say, this just makes me uncomfortable. I'm here to say it ought to make us uncomfortable. It is the gospel truth. It is what God said. It is what we are to follow. We have shunned it so much that we want padded pews and cushy programs and all that. No, this is what God said. Hey, look at this and remember why. It's serious. I'm not trying to play games. I'm not trying to pacify a bunch of Christians. I want you to know what and why. Get it in your head. They would nail them naked. Naked. There was no covering up. They would strap their, their hands and their feet and they would raise them up. They, they would try to find a location that was along the side of a, a road or, or they would elevate them up on a hill. Maybe, maybe someplace like Calvary that was lifted up all for those around the city. Maybe they couldn't see him firsthand, but they wanted to know that God was a thief and he's going to pay for it. And look upon his shame. Yeah, we know the people that are dying across. Those are low lives. Sometimes they would agonize on a cross for days. They would drown in their blood. They would bleed to death or they would suffocate. But it didn't happen overnight. Some days they would have to hear people mock them and spit on them and throw stuff at them for days. And they loved it because they were an outward. It was an outward display. It was an elevated, elevated display of what they did wrong. It was put out for all to see. It was a shout out to the community. It was a display of disgrace. Some of you are trying to think and process right now. And you're saying, oh, that's why he chose the cross. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't because it was just left. He knew every detail of what the cross represented. He knew everything about that. Because he did die for the most outcast. He did die for the disgraceful. He did die for the lowest of low lives. He did die for all of us. The Bible says, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The Bible says in Psalms, behold, they look upon my shame. He took your shame. Go ahead and put in your mind that nasty sin that you have and you covered up. Go ahead and look back in your life about that abortion you had when you were a teenager or that person or that lie that you did. How you betrayed, how you ripped the heart out of your parents with something you did. Go ahead. 
Bring it out there. Lift it up. Put it in your mind right now. And then, then do this. Look at the cross and say, that's where it died. Stop carrying it around. Stop embracing it in yourself. Stop sitting there saying, oh, wow, I still have to live with this for the rest of my life. No, you do not. If you do that, that is a choice. He paid it all. He did it all. And he was high and lifted up. There is a reason he chose the cross. It's going to get uncomfortable. I need to warn you now. The cross is nothing, was nothing to be desired. No one back in the Bible days had it wrapped around their neck. No one hung it in their office. No one put it on the back of their satchel or would display it as people were coming. Nobody did that. They would look at that and say, oh, gross, no, get it away. Oh, that reminds me of my husband that died for that. That reminds me of my son, how he died. No, no, get it away. But now we we cling to it. Now we lift it up. Jesus changed our view of the cross. He changed our perspective. He changed everything that we have about it. It's now it's the preaching of the cross, the Bible says, and we exalt the cross and we sing about the cross and we thank God for the cross. Christ changed it at the cross. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 too, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You were the joy that was set before him when he picked that up. Go ahead and try to wrap your mind around that. That's why we have to, let me tell you, that's why we have to sing songs like indescribable because there's no words to describe it. I can't put it into words. I, I can't lay it out. That's why we have to sing songs like Amazing Grace. Because it is absolutely amazing. He took it all away. Mark chapter 8 verse 34. We'll actually get into the message. Mark chapter 8 verse 34. And, and when he had called the people with him. With the disciples also, and he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Yes, Lord, we'll do that. Man, it's no longer about me. Lord, I'll tell you what, where, where do you want to go? What do you want us to do? And crowds began to gather. Everybody's getting around. It's like, well, Lord, man, you're awesome. You're great. Praise the Lord. Awesome. And take up his cross. What? That? You, you, you want me to follow you and you want me to take up that? Low life, dirty, treacherous, carry what? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I love you, but uh, that's a little steep. Two chapters later in Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Mark chapter 10, verse 21. I want you to see it. It's Bible. Then Jesus, beholding him that loved him, said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast and give it to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come. Take up the cross and follow me. 
again. The, the, the idea of following Jesus Christ, let me just tell the church today, is intense. It's not easy. It's not passive. It is not a walk in the park. It is not about making me feel good. It's not about the applause. It's not about this. It's not about that. It's not about the perks. It's not good. Let me tell you right now, it's not for wimps. It's not for sissies. If I was to start the service off and say, praise God, we had a good service this morning, and thank you for the song, and thank you for this, and thank How many of you today, we want to follow Jesus, amen. We want, we want to be fishers of men, praise God. We want to reach the world, praise God. But then we get into it of Jesus said, that's great, come over here, let's, let's talk. Let, let me preach a lesson to you. You ready for this? Next week, we're going to get together, and we're just going to talk about what it means to be a true discipler, disciple of Jesus Christ. We're, we're going to talk about that. I, I bet you our crowd would be a little down next week. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me how to be filled with the blessings of God. I thought you were just going to pour it out of, yes, Jesus loves me. I, 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 yes, all of that is true. In the world we live at, the population of the lost is growing every day. Pastors are refusing to preach the truth. Churches are closing their doors by the thousands per year. Our babies are having babies. Sin is rushing over our country like a wave or a tsunami that is sweeping over our nation. You said, why? I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot of people that are willing to follow him until they get to that point and go, oh yeah, yeah, that's great. I think I'll just find me a church that sits there and tells me how to make me feel good, but I don't want to hear that. How in the world can we live in a nation that has mega churches the size of football stadiums filled with Christians and we're not having a bigger impact? I'm not judging anybody. I'm just asking a question why? Let me direct it right back here. How can we have a church even in Columbus, Ohio that is willing to run seven, 800 people and we're not having a bigger impact? And you say, don't judge me, I'm not. I'm just trying to direct you to this. It's not easy. May we never forget that our mission is to take up our cross. This is how serious it is. The Bible says it is so serious. The Bible says it is so serious Matthew chapter 10, verse 38. And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. So I, I'm just not wanting that intense of a Christianity. And, and the Lord says, well, let me put it like this. You embrace this or go home. You are not worthy to label yourself to be like Christ if you're not willing to take up the mission that I have given you. It is getting quiet in here, and I'm glad. Because if any of us could be like, woohoo, this, something's wrong. Meaning, there's a lot of Christians that are accomplishing nothing. Please keep in mind what we just discussed about the cross. Because now he says it's time to take up your cross and then follow me. But you say, what does that mean? Let me prayerfully and guide you through scripture to show you what I honestly believe what Jesus said when he said that. Number one, 
we have to understand that the cross, it is a symbol of surrender. It is a symbol of surrender. Hours before the cross, Jesus goes to the garden to pray, and we know why. He prays in the garden in Matthew 26, 39, and he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. He said as he gets in the garden and that cup and the wrath that he was about to drink of himself and pour upon himself and become your sin, he was going to become your sin. He said, Father, if it be possible, don't judge him for that. He was 100% man and 100% God. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But at the end of it, you know what he said about the cross? Not my will, but your will be done. You say, I want to follow Christ. I want to take up my cross. And the Lord says to us, then it's time that you deny yourself. You've got to be willing to pray the prayer, not my will, but your will be done. Father, I take my hands off my life. I belong to you. Father, I'm here to do your will and not mine. Jesus walks out of the garden in total surrender to his life. And if you follow when they came to arrest him, he did not fight back. They placed him on trial and he never argued. They mocked him and he was the son of God And the Bible says, and yet he opened not his mouth. They stripped him, they spit in his face, and he never raised a finger to stop them. They placed him on the cross and he laid down his life for us. Jesus knew what it meant to be surrendered to the cross. See, surrender literally means letting go completely, saying, Lord, I'm going to take my hands off of this, my ministry, my family, my finances, what I should think, Lord, whatever it is, I take my hands off it, and Lord, it is all yours. Do we know what it's like? Do we know what it means to be surrendered, totally surrendered to God? To go through your finances and say, God, am I surrendered in my finances? And you say, oh, you're going to turn this into a tithing thing. No, I'm going to turn it into a God thing. The things that we preach about giving to God and sacrificially giving and supporting this and getting the work out was never my idea. You sit there and say, Pastor Tony, I can't believe that all that church is about. No, the church is about spreading the gospel and it takes money to do it. When we fight that, we're, we're willing to sacrifice for ourselves and we're willing for our $5 coffee and our $50 internet and our high-speed phones and all that, but we put God on the back burner saying, I don't have the time and the money. God says, no, your priorities are just way whacked out. And we wonder why the world's going to hell. We wonder why today they are celebrating an open house for a mosque that was built in Columbus, Ohio. Because the Christians have been too busy doing their own thing because we refuse to do what God said and said, my money, my t your time, your house, everything that you have belongs to me, not you. Take up your cross and follow me. Jesus was saying you have to let go. Surrender is the act of letting go. The cross doesn't make sense at all. I'm going to be honest, the cross does not make sense. He was every aspect of the life of Christ. He stepped out of what made sense and he did what does not make sense. When you try to say and add up your life and try to equal it to be faith, it doesn't make sense because we walk by faith and not by sight. He was God and he was washing the disciples' feet. He was all powerful and yet he let the powerless crucify him to a cross. He was perfection. 
And he allowed imperfection to nail him there. He was king of kings and lord of lords, and yet they put a crown of thorns on his head and they mocked him. Tell me what makes sense in that. He stepped out. Just envision this. He is king of kings and lord of lords. The throne of heaven. Cherubims of angels. Angels praising and shouting the glory of God. Stepped up. And went to a manger. To die. As a rotten thief. Tell me how that makes sense. Jesus says, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to get out of your spot? To do what doesn't make sense for the sake of reaching people with the gospel? Are we willing to sing here instead of there for the sake of lifting him up? Are we willing to give up our seats so somebody else can sit there? And some will step back and say, well, this is my ministry. This is what I do. This is my thing. I don't do this is what I think. And God says, are you willing to do something else or does it have to be your thing? Your way. And not, not my will, but yours be done. If you're going to use this to lift up Christ, then I will just get behind it and help lift it higher. The cross was a symbol of surrender. God just sometimes pushes us out of our comfort zone. It's like building a boat when there is no rain. Or preaching to Ninevites when they hate your guts. It's like running into a giant when you just have a rock. It's like walking on the water in the midst of a storm. Read it and tell me when it makes sense. And then we, as Christians... We do things and then we step back and say, that's just not the way I see it. And God said, well, it's not about you. When, when, when in the world did you write the manual on ministry and push God out of it? God has always been a creative God that does creative things to reach people through his greatness. The whole heart of Christ was not my will, but by thine be done. He said, take up your cross, and it was a symbol of surrender. But here's the next thing. It was also a place of sacrifice. I'm going to tell you right now, when he said, take up the cross, he said, you'll come after me, but it will cost you. Still want to follow? He said, what did it cost our Savior? It cost him everything. He held nothing back. Not his pride. Not his position. Not his title. He didn't hold back his perfection. He, he, he laid it all out on the cross. He that knew no sin became sin for us. What else can I say? Took it all on. Every bit of it. And then he says, come and follow me. This is where a lot of people lose it. They, they don't want to follow Christ because thousands of people followed Christ. He healed their sick. He raised their dead. He gave sight to the blind. He fed thousands, people loved it, and they wanted more. One of our favorite prayers to pray, and we could all admit it, pray a prayer to God without saying the words bless. Lord, bless me today as I go through this, and I pray that you will bless my kids and bless our finances and bless our church and bless me. Lord, I pray for the blessings upon it, and God bless America. 
Bless, bless, bless. Guys, whoa, 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 hey. Uh, look, you, that's great, but remember what I called you to. It's sacrifice. Uh, have you ever noticed a lot of people look for a church and they walk through the door of the church and they're asking the question, what will this church do for me? It's like, can I see your brochure? And, you know, what programs do you have? Oh, I like that one and that one. And the Bible says that you're joining an army. It's not a cruise ship, it's a battleship that you just jumped on. (laughs) Buckle up, you know, (laughs) grab the weapons, get ready to fight. And that's why we're sitting there, well, I'm uncomfortable. God said, yeah, it's a cruise, it's a battleship, it should be a little uncomfortable at times. It is a life of sacrifice that he has called us to. Should be, what do I have to offer the church? Because the church is what God has established. The the, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We're not just here for potlucks, pig roasts, and parties. I I mean, that's what it is. They're like, let's party, and what's the next thing we're going to eat? And say, well, how about would you give up an afternoon to help practice a play that we could bring 5,000 people to Christ? How long will I have to be there? Oh, uh, you know, is there, honey, is there there a game on during that time? I don't know. We're going to pray about it. When's the game on? That cuts into my nap time, you know. I, w- I would give to the church, honey, how much is our fourth car payment, and how much is this, and all this, and, and then we turn around and say, take up your cross. Oh, I'll take it. The Lord says, do you even know what that means? Where do I rate in your list of priorities? Where do I fit in? Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Listen to this. Beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living what? A living sacrifice unto God. Holy and acceptable unto God. He said, which is your what? Service. Living sacrifice. tell you what, you can't build a mega church with this kind of preaching. You're not going to have people, I love that church. He talked about dying on a cross and giving up everything and never going to Starbucks again. And it was just like, you're my favorite preacher. You know, it's like. <laughs> it's not easy to get up and go brush off the, the, the snow of a bus to get to go pick up kids on Sunday morning. It's going to cost you. It's not easy to practice Sunday afternoon and Saturday afternoon to tell the story of Jesus Christ. It's going to cost you. It's not easy to give up your Sunday afternoon to come in for choir practice. It's going to cost you. You say, what's it going to cost me? And as soon as you find the price, normally we bail out. And I'll tell you, that's why you live on the leftover scraps of the blessings of God. I'll tell you, it was not easy to bear the cross, to be beaten to death and to die for sinners. Because he knew it was going to cost him. But he did it. You say, man, I'll tell you what, I don't know if I like this. You're just talking about how God's trying to strip me of everything and break me down and, and make me live on, you know, death row, it sounds like. Let me, let me tell you some positives. God will always take care of you. Amen. 
Let me throw some verses in Matthew once again, Matthew 6.33. But seek ye what? Seek ye what? First, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I'll tell you what, when it comes to our life, every area of your life, you put God where? First. You put God first. But not in our twisted way of thinking. Honey, do we have time at the end of the day for this? No, I'm sorry, we can't sign up. Honey, do we have time to give and tithe and support the pageant and all these things? Honey, well, uh, no, we don't have time. But you know why? Because we're, God usually is at the bottom of the list. We put him in if we have any leftovers. Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. We normally don't emphasize this part, but I think I should let you in on a little secret. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all shall it be measured to you again. You tip God, he tips you. You rob God. I don't want to say those words because it doesn't sound right. (laughs) I'll tell you, and we wonder what's wrong. I just don't know what's wrong with this world today. It's an awful world we live in. God's like, will you stop whining? I mean, we just, we sit there and mumble and grumble and uh, 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 and God's saying, you are doing this. It's you. You know what? I'm just willing to believe that. I give and it's given unto me. I, I promise you, the days that I put God's priorities first and I put people first, let me say that that's true with everything. I, I love what we're doing on here, but I, I promise you that, that what we're doing on this stage has one purpose, and that is to lift up Jesus Christ. And when you give to the purpose of what God's called us to do, I promise you God will take care of All of these things shall be added unto you. You give. God takes care of you. Sacrifice is not loss. Sacrifice is gain. Whoa, 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 that doesn't make sense. Remember, none of this makes sense. That's why it's faith. So we're going back to this. Why did he die on the cross? It doesn't make sense. Mark chapter 8, verse 34, we're going to keep reading, okay? When he had called the people on his disciples and said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now listen. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. For those people that sit there and say, well, we're just, we just got a lot going on. And I'm not saying, guys, listen, let me, let me pause for just a minute. I get that. Don't quit your job. <laughs> okay? Don't worry. Pastor, you got a spare Sunday school room we can sleep in on the weekends because I lost my job because I followed your advice. Do not do that. Okay? There's a right way and a wrong way to think, doing things. But I'm saying is we need to recategorize, reprioritize our lives to do the things the right way. But the Bible says, whosoever shall save his life, you'll actually lose it. He said, when you try to put you first in everything that you do, you actually mess yourself up. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the furtherance of the gospel, the same shall save it. Now, the reason why we're reading this in the Bible is because I want you to know God said this, not me. 
I can't back up these promises, but I promise you he will back up these promises. For what shall a profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You know what he's saying? He said, you better put your eyes on what matters for all of eternity. Sacrifice is not loss, it's gain. I've never heard one person regret serving God. I've never heard one person say, man, if I could just take back all the money I gave to God, now maybe the money you gave to cigarettes and alcohol and overpriced food and eating out and all the other joys that we have and things that we've done in this world, you've regretted some of those. But I've never had anybody say, I regret serving and giving to God. The cross is a symbol of surrender. It's a place of sacrifice. And let me close with this. It is a tool for salvation. What was the purpose of the cross? It was used to bring us salvation. The mission given for us to carry the cross was never about us. It was about the mission to lift up Christ. I look around here and I see that We've got to step over this and run around this and climb over this and put down that. And and we've got a long way to go on all this. And I know we were out here this morning lining them up and putting them in a taped up square. And Richard stayed half the night trying to tweak the mic so that we wouldn't get feedback. And and all these different things. And you you say, what what are we doing? What, 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 what? Stop! Why? Greg, I can't tell you how much that has impacted me. Why do we do what we do? Why? Because if it is the what, we can find problems with the what all day long. What are we having that up for? And why do they need that? And what is that for? And what, 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 what? Stop. Why are we here? One reason to lift him up. That's it. This building, our buses, the pews, the stage, the mics, everything is not about us. It's not about the furtherance of FEC. It's not about making a name for ourselves. It is not about this. I will tear it up. I will take it down. I will move it. I will tweak it. I will do whatever if it means bringing people to Christ. It has never been about us. We've gotten so wrapped up in our programs and we've forgotten about people and the purpose of why we do what we do. Every bit of this is a program for one reason. Because he said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That is why we do what we do. That is why we sing. That is why we preach. That is why we do plays. That is everything. Everything. And if your motive and your complaint is all about what, and it's not about the why, you better check the why. Because we live as a living sacrifice unto God. Every bit of what we do and how we do it, every bit of it is for him. This is more us right here. I don't like her doing that. I don't like him doing that. I don't like how, I, 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 and God says, why don't you go sit down? I don't need that. I've got enough of that. Make me sick. Pick it up. Jesus picked it up. His idea of carrying the cross, he carried his cross. I know it wasn't easy and it wasn't comfortable and he had to go in ways and up things and around things that wasn't easy, but he did it. And let me tell you what we got at the end of it. You know what we got at the end of it? It's the fact that we're saved today. Amen. That's it. Everything that we do, 
The Bible said it's all about the mission. You embrace the cross because Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I'm thankful that you're saved. How many are you saved? Say amen. Huh, they must be out there then. Must be out there. So I guess we're going to have to do some seeking. Means this padded pew can't be the only place. We're going to have to get up and go out. It's okay that we come together and we praise God and we preach, but remember the mission. Remember the mission. And it got to John 12, 32, and if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. I just, I just know that this symbolizes all those things of Christ. And I get it. And all I want to do is this. I, I, I just, I, I don't want it being seen. And, and it's not about what part I got in the play or where I stand or or what buttons I push, or whatever it is. It's, it's not about everything that we put it in. This is all that matters right here. Because I can't do anything to save anybody, and I can't change lives. But I tell you, people are going to die and go to hell without this, without the preaching of the cross, without everything this represents, because like I just said, amen, I'm saved, but what about those that are not? Because we are running out of time to tell them what that means. I might have struggled to lift up that cross, but I promise you, if I had two or three or more helping me, I wouldn't. That is why we do what we do. If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. I know we desire to follow Christ, but are we willing to pay the price? It does pay off. Have, have you sacrificed in your time and your service and your giving? Are you surrendered? I mean, don't just stand up. I surrender all. I surrender all to Jesus. I surrender. I mean, those are great. All the things what we sing and say. But the moment that we get to an area of our life that has become uncomfortable, do we drop the cross and say, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. I'm talking about Thank God he did not do that. Thank God that he was a son of God that was willing to give it all and not be more like me.